I want you to stand. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 2, a wonderful passage here, beginning in verse number 4. And uh, we're going to get this service off and going. And the Bible says this, But God is so rich in mercy that he loved us so very much, that even while we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's special favor that you've been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and we are seated with him in heavenly places and in the realms because we are one with Christ. And so God can always point to us, and this is the part I just love, listen to this. God can always point to us as examples of the incredible wealth of his favor and kindness toward us as shown in all that he has done to us through Christ Jesus. He is pointing to, think about this for a minute, he is pointing to you and say, you are a model, you are an example of what my amazing grace can do and all of the blessings that can flow into people's lives. He's pointing at us. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to get here safely and we thank you for every person that's here and and Father, we are just going to believe that with all of our hearts that, that you are going to do a good thing in this service. Father, we already know that you are present with us. We already know that you desire to bring the power and the work of the Holy Spirit to, to really touch and to move into our hearts. Father, today I pray that you will help us to worship you with, with all of our heart. I pray that you'll open our minds and our spirit, that we might learn from you, that we might grow in our faith and, and in our walk. And so, Father, today we thank you. We are glad once again to be in the house of the Lord. And, Father, we will praise you in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Our speaker this morning was a part of the uh, men's uh, gathering yesterday morning and I, I do want to just simply report that that was one of the finest gatherings of men that I think I've been around for a long time. There was a great number of people here, uh, I would say 50 some men that uh, were in the West Fellowship Hall. We began about 8 o'clock and finished up at noon with a wonderful meal and uh, <clears throat> I, I just, I feel that there was just a rich presence of the Lord God was doing some speaking and ministry into people's hearts and lives. It was well worth the effort to be there yesterday morning and to be involved in what God was doing. It's very special. One of our guests uh, that was speaking was Dr. Jack Klug. Dr. Jack uh, has been a friend of mine for a number of years. Uh, I first became acquainted with him when I was at the college and we've maintained friendship and acquaintances and uh, times together over those years. Uh, Dr. Klug is, uh, has retired now from uh, a number of years. In fact, I think it's been 30 or more than 30 years. With the uh, Veterans Administration, he served as a chaplain. And I want you to know something. This is a man that has heard it all, seen it all, and responded to every bit of it. And uh, so he brings a rich ministry experience to you today. Would you welcome Dr. Jack Klug? I need, I need my water. Thank you. <laughs> well,
Well, it's my privilege to be here. My wife usually travels with me, uh, but just before Christmas started or came, uh, she fi- I'm not answering texts, I'm putting a timer on. Um, uh, she fell at Christmas time and uh, missed the bottom step going downstairs, kabang, broke her foot in four places and had surgery. So she, she can't be here today. And uh, Pastor Niles is, uh, is very gracious. He and I have been friends for a long time. We have some shared experiences being in the military. And I, everywhere I go, I like to find out. I did this yesterday. If you were in the military, would you stand up, reserve, uh, active duty, guard? Okay, I'm going to do what I did yesterday. Uh, sir, tell me what branch and uh, when did you serve? Uh, Army. Army? What, what year? What years? Okay, thank you, sir. Sir, what, what was your MOS? And what, what was that? Translate that. We'll be, and what years? Wonderful, thank you. It's right there in the great uh, brown coat. What was your MOS? Oh, hey, I, I can relate to that. I like that. All right, now the, are the ushers are standing in the back. What, what branch, sir? Army Reserve from 82 to 86. All right, next to you. Army uh, 71 to 73. Thank you. Army 15 to 18. Oh, yeah, that's, and uh, so you got out just recently. Good for you. What was your job? Mechanic. Mechanic. Were you overseas? All right, that's fine. Not everybody goes. You go where the Army sends you. Thank you. Infantry. Thank you. Army, helicopter crew chief, 79 to Wow, thank you. Pastor Niles. <laughs> Army National Guard, 1968 to uh, 91. Yeah, and uh, thank you, fellas. <laughs> I was in the military myself in the Air Force. And I was in law enforcement, and uh, part of my job was to run a SWAT team and learned about that. It's interesting. Uh, people said, how, how could you go from being a cop back in those days to being a minister? And I said, it's just real simple. Um, I was in detention, and God moved me to prevention. And so uh, I, I believe that the hope for America and the hope for our culture is not a, co- a, a political cocktail in Washington, D.C., if we can get the right balance of this and that, that everything's going to be good. I don't believe that the solution to uh, uh, mankind's problems is just giving more education. I don't believe it's throwing more money at it. I believe that the hope for America and the hope for mankind is a changed heart. And if Jesus can change your want to, uh, that's where you have victory in life. Paul talked about it in Romans 12. Uh, 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 seven, where he says, the thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. Oh, foolish man, who will deliver me from this body of death? He didn't say, thanks to social services. What he said is, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, his, my Lord. April 11th, 1976, changed my life. That is the day I accepted Jesus as Savior in my apartment uh, with my roommate in Izmir, Turkey. 
and my life has been different ever since. In fact, I, I still go home to Pittsburgh where I grew up. Right now we live in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, and people that I know, and I've been a Christian now 42 years, and people still laugh when I come home. Jack Clute, and it's not that I was a rebel or anything. You know, I, was, I, I described myself as being a secularist. We, we neither admired religious people, we didn't dislike them. We considered religion indifferent to our experience. It just didn't matter. But we were very honest, very moral, uh, we did things right, and so I wasn't a down and outer. I was just without Christ. And so when people, but my life changed radically because I began to care about others in a different way. I began to be interested in going on the streets of San Antonio and sharing the gospel. And when I would see the gospel would change someone's life like my life changed, I wanted to be involved in that all the time. Uh, I'm 62 years old now, and I have more years behind me than I have left in front of me. And I tell everybody this, I don't have forever. And so I want to preach the gospel to as many as I can, for as long as I can, in many places as I can. When I just left the VA, but I didn't leave ministry, and I didn't leave my concern for the lost. And I, and I know Pastor Niles and Joan, they have a concern for the lost, and they know that there are lost people everywhere, and they don't have to be drug addicts, they don't have to be bank robbers, they don't have to be murderers, they can just be your neighbors that just find church and religious people to be indifferent. And while our culture becomes increasingly secular in its nature and keeps the encroachment against religion, they keep taking, it keeps encroaching on our religion, go away, we don't need you. And that's fine. Um, I know better than that. And my approach to ministry, and it was in the chaplaincy, is a need-based approach where if there, I would, a compassionate deed-based approach. I would minister to people, I would try to identify what need they have in their life and then wait for the opportunity and, and try to say the right thing at the right time for the right amount of time. And I found it to be very effective and that's what I like to talk about. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter four. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35, we read, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you carefully drown? Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down. And it was completely calm. Verse 41. Or verse 40. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this that even the wind should obey him? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you help me, help all of us walk one more day with you and to be faithful. Lord, we pray that you administer to our lives for many people here carry burdens, maybe that are too personal and too private to even make known. 
Father, I come to you, Lord, as one person who understands your redemptive power and how you've blessed my life and how you changed me, how you've eliminated, how you forgave me from my sins and gave me power over the things that I used to not have power over. I thank you for that. And I pray that for these people before me in Jesus' name. Amen. The unplanned, the unwanted, and the unexpected. Have you ever had a bad day? I found a story of a man who had a bad day. He was walking along a mountain road and he saw another man lying in the middle of the road with his ear pressed to the ground. And as he got close, he heard the man whispering. He leaned over to hear what he was saying and the man was mumbling words like this. Truck, Chevy truck, large, large tires, man driving, German Shepherd on the front seat. It's loaded with firewood. California license plate, UBH123. The, the observer was just absolutely impressed. He said, um, he was astounded. He looked at the man on the ground and said, that's unbelievable. You mean you can tell me all that by just listening to the ground? And the man said, no, a truck ran over me 30 minutes ago. <laughs> we don't like adversity. I don't know anybody that likes it. I don't see us praying for adversity. But Paul, in, uh, or Paul in, uh, talks to Timothy all the time about uh, enduring hardship and enduring difficulty. Difficult times will come. Okay. And so even though we don't want difficulty in our life, difficulty happens. I uh, see the unwanted, the unplanned, and the unexpected. They're all part of our lives. And sometimes we get hit so hard out of our blind spot that it can take years to overcome that. Okay. Or maybe you've experienced some kind of pain that you never even thought was possible. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I want to address this morning. Life's a lot like that. Many times we don't see what's coming next. And when life comes out of our blind spot, sometimes it runs right over us. And I get that. It's, and I like to talk, I don't have time to talk about that now, but I, I've learned the value of when I see that life has run someone over, whether a believer or not, is how to be present with them and minister to them and help them to get back up. Kind of like being like the Good Samaritan in their moment of crisis and walking them up and uh, helping them find healing. Did you hear about the train that was going through a town, but it was not scheduled to stop? There was a short passage passenger on that train who wanted to get off because if he did not, he would have to pay an extra $100 for a taxi ride to where he wanted to go. Well, the man sitting in the seat next to him had a brilliant idea. He said, look, look, the train always slows down to pick up the mailbag. When it slows down, I'll hold you out the window, and I, when I drop you, start running so that you won't fall in your face and you'll simply run to a stop. Well, this seemed like a good idea. So the train did slow down, and the man took his little friend and hung him out the window and dropped him. The man was running along the platform, and everything was going right. He's waving at the platform. He was running to a stop. About that time, a man seated in the car next saw a little man running outside on the platform. So he reached out and grabbed him and pulled him back through the window and said, This is your lucky day. You didn't miss the train. Sometimes when people are trying to help you, it just, it just doesn't work out the way you want it to. I understand that. Sometimes things don't go like we planned. Here in this passage of Scripture, we find Jesus um, going to the other side of a lake. He just got done speaking to a lot of people, and he says, let's go. And they just go. 
and then this storm comes. And, and they're afraid, and Jesus is in the back of the boat. And one of the things I want you to know, and, and I'm speaking to myself here especially. I mean, I, I, I've been through some stuff, and, and I understand, I, I believe what I'm saying at least, is sometimes it's hard to real, really feel that when you're going through the fire, to feel Jesus in the boat. I understand that. And let me tell you what I want you to know. He understands you're human. He just wants you to reach out and call upon him. That's all you got to do. I, I did it just the other day. I said, Lord, I'm afraid. Uh, I believe you want me to do this. Help me with my fear. And for some strange reason, it just disappears. And, and, and I don't even know. And I find myself being able to move into areas doing things that I wouldn't normally think I could do. Current events in our culture have many people on edge. Natural disasters, war, politics, economics, family life, finance, and each seem to be in a rapid state of flux. Everybody's on edge, and you have the CNN or you have the Fox News crowd. Everybody takes their position in everything. And people don't talk and reason out things. And uh, we have people that seem to advocate violence in the marketplace if you're against their ideas and stuff like this. It's nuts. That's the world we live in now. When you are in a storm, who do you turn to? When you find yourself all of a sudden that you're not sure, who do you turn to? What do you turn to when you're in the middle of your unplanned, unwanted, and unexpected? We were talking about pain the other day, and I can understand that people experience lots of pain, how, how people that go to the doctor become drug addicts, because nobody wants certain kinds of pain. C-spine pain is, is just terrible. But what do we turn to? Who do we turn to? What do we say to those people when we turn to them? Do we assign blame? In Job chapter 1 and 2, uh, Job was encouraged twice. Curse God and die. And what did Job say? Basically, he says, don't you take the good along with the bad? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Will we do that? I think it's a reflection of my attitude or my expectation about what God should be doing in my life when I'm faced with adversity, and then I want to assign blame to God himself. Uh, and I, it, it, Assigning blame to God or blaming God for something is, is not unusual. In fact, it's more common than we want to believe. But I, what, but I have to ask myself the tough question. If that's my impulse, if that's, my, if that's what comes out of me, Scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. By the way, you don't know me. I know I don't smile enough, okay, and the, Dennis and I did a little video in the back, and... I said, man, I said, I look mean. I don't smile. I, I want to smile, and I'll, I'll try to do better. But uh, I just understand that what, who do we blame? And I, and I have a lot to say about that, but I don't, I don't want to go down that trail. But I think I want to ask myself a question. I said that. That's in me. Huh. Lord, you know, what do we do with that? I think one way to overcome that is to be honest. And say, Lord, I did kind of expect a better deal than this. You know, and I think a lot of people have their uh, Christian experiences kind of like a marketing agreement. You know, I'll do so much work for so much benefit in the end. And I think in a prosperity doctrine kind of thing, I think that's where people get confused. But I want to ask you, what is your expectation when adversity comes in your life? Or when, or when the unexpected comes in your life? Scripture says, endure it as a good soldier. 
When I sign, you guys that are in the military, you know what it is. When you sign up, you don't expect everything to go great, and when you expect battle, and typically they'll say in training that training is no real barometer of how violent and crazy war can be. So we train people the best we can. So yes, when you're out there and you're experiencing something difficulty and scary, I want you to prepare now. How do you get ready for that day? on the days before that. How do you get ready to become spiritually fit on the days before that? Every day being faithful, I would say uh, Bible study, prayer, fellowship, getting to know God and uh, talking to God about your fears, your concerns, your hopes, dreams, your ambitions, but say, Lord, I wanna be like you. So when that difficult day comes, and I've, I've often remembered you know, Paul and Silas singing in prison, and I've been in prisons, I've seen a Turkish prison. When I think that they could sing there, I thought, my, where, do, where does that ability come from? It comes from a comforting God who sends us the Holy Spirit to help us endure and get through those difficult times. You are not alone. You can feel alone. You can believe you're alone. But ladies and gentlemen, you are not alone. And I have, I experienced this spiritual experience in this thing called a body. And when my body's in pain, sometimes I don't think correctly. But that doesn't mean that God's not active in doing something in your life. And so, who do you turn to? What do you say? Who will you, who will you let guide you when you're going through a difficult time? Who will you let guide you? Is your relationship, is my relationship with Jesus conditional? You know? And you that have had little ones, we raised four. We have six grandchildren now. And you know what it's like when you're, when you're let's just say, in Walmart, and you want to go this way, you want to go to the grocery store, and the kids want to go to the tool thing. They just pull on you, you know? And it becomes a tug of war. I think we can have those kind of experiences with God when he might be wanting something, wanting to train you in a different direction, and you don't want to go in that direction. Allow God to shape you and form you after his image. Allow him to do that. Don't fight it and don't resist it. And here's the thing. It's not going to happen just because you want it to. You have to move into this. Scripture talks about pressing in, seeking him, call out to him, and the Bible promises that he'll call out to you and he'll come to you. But when we're going through the difficult time, ladies and gentlemen, who do we allow to be close to us? Who do we call out to? We all face situations when our backs are against the wall and we are placed in seemingly an impossible situation. It's at times like these that we must see with the eyes of faith and not simply look at circumstances. The, uh, the Israelites were being uh, hemmed in and the Egyptians were uh, catching them up on their heels and they thought they were gonna die and they looked at Moses and said, you brought us out here to die in the desert. And, but they didn't see, they didn't understand what God had a plan and God was drawing them in only to overcome them with the water. Here's the, and I said this to the guys yesterday, I'm gonna say it today to you. Don't quit walking with Jesus. Don't quit. Because you can quit anytime you want, don't quit today. I would talk to people when they're fed up at work, and I would always tell human resources of the director, when someone's, if they say they want to quit, tell them to come by my office. And I would encourage them, because you can quit today, give us one more day. You have no idea what God will do in your life and wants to do and is about to do if you quit. 
Do you realize if you just get in there one more time, get in the gym one more time, pray one more time, give one more time, you have no idea what God's doing uh, behind you, above you, and around you. Here's the other thing. You might be actually making progress because he measures progress in a different way. Don't quit. Because you can quit anytime, don't quit now. Who's still, Psalm 65, who's still the roaring seas and the roaring waves and the turmoil of the nations? Jesus. He restores peace and faith so that I may be equipped to face what is yet before me. You're not going it alone. You're not in this by yourself. C.S. Lewis said, I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy. The most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If you're uncomfortable in this thing called uh, the human existence, of course you're uncomfortable because th you're, this, this place is not your home. You're just the pilgrim passing through. Your citizenship is in heaven. This is temporary. We're waiting for that eternal home whose builder and maker is God, and he's got a place assigned just for you, just for me. Don't quit. Just because you have difficulty, don't quit. Don't expect it to be easy all of the time. And maybe that's part of the issue. We really have this unclear expectation of what the Christian experience is to be like. But I've had people that said they're my friends only to walk out on me and leave me standing alone. Scripture teaches maybe we need to get a biblical understanding of what it means to be a friend and to have a friend. Because of the unplanned, the unwanted, and unexpected, we find ourselves longing to be clothed in Christ. One of the things I want to say, even though this world is not my home, I'm concerned about these people that are, about people that are around me. I found out when I went home for a high school reunion a few years ago that a friend of mine by the name of Bob accepted the Lord. Staunch. Uh, Roman Catholic fella, he and I played football together. He went to the Catholic school, I went to the public school. And, and I remember being in this Pentecostal church with Bob Sweeney, he's 6'6", and he's just clapping. And, and, he, and it was so different for me because I remember Bob a different way. And that God can do that. God is working in your life, even though you may feel that it's difficult, even when you can't see what's happening. There was a little girl taking a walk with her father. Wonderingly, she looked at the stars and said, Oh, Daddy, if the wrong side of heaven is so beautiful, how great the right side must be. We have no idea. Scripture says we can't even imagine the things that God has prepared for you and me. Revelation, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell with them, and, he shall, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eye, and there will no longer be any death, there will no longer be any mourning, crying, or pain, for the first things have passed away. Melinda, could you come up? She's going to play softly. I, I'm going to close here in about five minutes.
But maybe there's somebody here that's in a lot of agony of some sort. It may be physical. It may be having something to do with career. Maybe there's somebody here that's going through a legal battle and it's expensive and it's painful and it's scary and it's ongoing and it moves slow. Melinda, could you play softer if you can? Thank you. Um, maybe there's somebody here, you're a grandpa, you're a grandma, one of your grandchildren is in a terrible fix and you feel powerless to change things and to make it better for people. Maybe you got some bad news from the doctor. Now you're wondering how your relationship is gonna be affected. Maybe you're married and you find out after a few years, you know, he's more different or she's more different than I thought she was. Maybe you're going to school and you find out that kids don't like you and it's hard to fit in. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, it doesn't matter what your circumstance would be. The first step is that you'd be honest with yourself and say, this is my situation. And the second thing is I wanna give you is an opportunity for prayer. My life is but a weaving beam, a weaving between the Lord and me. I cannot choose the colors, he worketh steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow and I in foolish pride. Forget he sees the upper and I see the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reasons why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives his very best to those who leave the choice with him. If you would stand with me, I wanna, I wanna ask you a couple questions and then I'll turn the past service over to Pastor Niles. Marco Polo, as he was late dying, he was urged by his detractors to recant, to withdraw the stories he had heard about China and the lands of the Far East, but he refused to. And he is quoted as saying, what I have seen, I have not even told the half of. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe there is somebody here, your back is against the wall, or you had a bad week and, you're, and it's already time to go into another one. You feel burdened by the heavy journey that you're on and it seems to be endless. You wonder how much longer you can go I want you to be encouraged. You're not, you're not alone and you're not home yet. So if you would bow your head and close your eyes. I wanna ask, ask two questions and I would like you to raise your hand if you would. If you are experiencing some kind of heavy burden and you are currently in the storm and you need prayer and say, I need God's help. Would you pray for me, Jack, that God would help me in the midst of the storm that I'm in? If that's you, I don't need to know what the storm is, but if that's you, just raise your hand so I could see it. So I could, yes, yes, yes. Anybody else? Anybody else that you're concerned? You're, the prayer is too, the burden is too heavy. The pain is too high. Yes, ma'am, thank you. 
Let me go one more minute. Anybody else? Maybe there's somebody here. My second question, that if you died today, you're not really sure if you would spend eternity in heaven with Christ and that you would like to settle that issue today and you would like, you would like to become part of the family of God through prayer. If that's you, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and you would, you're open and you say, Jack, that's me. I want to do that. Raise your hand. Raise your hand and I would pray for you. Let's pray. Father, you saw these 10 or 11 people who raised their hand for prayer. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that as you are committed to them today, that they will be able to feel that sense of commitment that you have toward them. And they will be faithful because they know they're not home yet. Father, I pray, Lord, that they will come to you and they will call upon you and they will turn to you. Father, we come against Satan and the wicked one who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, hoping that people who follow you will, will blame you for their problems. Father, we see that you're the solution, you're the author and the finish of our faith, and there's no way we can get through the issues that we face without your help. So I pray through the, that the comfort of the Holy Spirit would come into these people's lives in a new way, in a fresh way, that they would feel strong and emboldened. Lord, that they would feel some kind of infusion internally that would help them go one more step. And we ask this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.